It's Dramatic Listening, the podcast where you learn English by listening to radio plays. I'm your host and teacher, Wendy Lambert. Welcome back to Dramatic Listening. You're listening to episode 71 of You're Better Off Guilty. Today we're moving on to Act 2, Scenes 1, 2, and 3. So we're in three different places or talking with three different people. This is our third episode of Dramatic Listening on the Story, and I'm calling this one 2 plus 2 equals 4. Put two and two together is an English idiom. When we put two and two together, we're able to draw a conclusion from the information or the evidence that we have. So why am I calling this one 2 plus 2 equals 4? Well, the inspector gets new information, puts it together with what he already knows, and voila! He's sure he's on the right track. Dramatic listening radio plays are serialized. What I mean is, I take a radio play and I cut it up into several parts. And then we only cover one part in each episode of Dramatic Listening. So, if this is your first time listening to You're Better Off Guilty, then you should go back to episode 68 and start at the beginning of the story. Now, you'll recall in our story so far that Ralph was at the police station reporting a murder. He'd discovered a body that morning on his way to work. The inspector started to treat him as a possible suspect. He's not sure but he is open to that possibility. When Ralph finally got to work that day, his boss was all concerned about how this was going to make his accounting company look. He warned Ralph to try to keep out of the news and let this thing blow over and be forgotten. He also said he was giving Ralph the benefit of the doubt. This shows us that his boss also sees him as a suspect. So, when Ralph got home, he just wanted to escape to a place where he felt safe. But his fiancée, Sylvia, also had doubt in her mind. In today's episode, Ralph tries logic to convince his fiancée. The inspector holds a reporter back from jumping to conclusions, but then new information confirms that everyone's growing suspicion must be right. We're going to listen shortly, but before we do, let's learn some key words. 
We've got 18 words to learn for this part of the story. And these words are all posted on Quizlet. So if you're a Chinese speaker, you could learn these words with English, Chinese, flashcards, and games at www.dramaticlistening.com slash Quizlet, Q-U-I-Z-L-E-T. So, let's get started. Our first word is fixed. And we're talking about an idea, a fixed idea. Now, this idea did not have to get repaired. It had to, it is a set idea. Just like when you fix a date. If you fix a date for the wedding, then you've decided which day it's going to be held. Or you might fix a shelf to a wall, which means that you've actually taken some hardware, some screws and some metal, and you've screwed it right into the wall. And now you can't move the shelf. It's fixed. It's unchangeable. Well, ideas might also become fixed in your mind. So this is a set idea, an unchanging idea. Guanyan in Chinese. And our example sentence, he will not change his mind once he's fixed on an idea. He's stubborn. A fixed idea. Word number two, obsession. This is a noun, and it is something that you can't stop thinking about. It has totally taken your mind captive and you just can't get your mind off it. It's your obsession. You might really like doing it. In Chinese, jiao mi, jiao mo, or gui mi xing qiao. His latest obsession is looking into the idea that the earth might actually be flat, not round. It's an obsession, so he's going to the internet, doing his research, and seeing who else agrees with that and why they think so. So he's spending a lot of time on it because it's an obsession. Word number three, impression. An impression is an unclear idea or an unclear memory. In Chinese, we might say yin xiang. It's my impression that you're not happy with this job. Am I right or not? Impression. I get this unclear idea. I get this feeling. It's just an impression. Word number four, prejudice. Prejudice is a noun. And it's your opinion that has been formed before you had enough information to form a fair opinion. Pianjian in Chinese, prejudice. Don't let your prejudice against them stop you from really understanding what they're trying to say. They may be right. Prejudice. So you have 
prejudged somebody or prejudged an idea, but you didn't have enough information yet to make a fair judgment or a fair opinion. Word number five, take root. Two words, take root, a verb and a noun. If something takes root, it gets established. Just like a plant, if you move a plant from one place to another and you put it back into the dirt, those roots have to start growing again. And when they do, we say, it has taken root. The roots are growing deeper into the soil. Jagun in Chinese. The idea that he might fail the class took root, so he worked much harder to pass. Take root. Of course, past tense there was took root. Word number six, tickle. If something tickles you, it might make you laugh, but um, an idea can tickle you. It can tempt you entice you, stir up your curiosity. Yoshir or Indo in Chinese. What you said about the new business idea has really tickled my mind. I will have to think more about it. Tickle. Word number seven is a phrase, an adjective and a noun. Fertile soil. Soil is the, the dirt that you can grow plants in. Um, actually, topsoil is the dirt you can grow plants in. And the reason you can grow plants in it is because it's very fertile. It's that nutritious top layer of dirt. Fertile soil. So fertile is related to the word fertilizer. Fei liao. So fertile soil is wo rang or fei wo de tu rang. Great ideas begin developing in the fertile soil of a busy mind. Fertile soil. This is a metaphor, of course. There's no soil. There's no dirt in your brain, but uh, your your brain is is like a place where something can grow. So it's compared to fertile soil in this example sentence. Fertile soil. In Act 2, our next word is evidence. Evidence is a noun. It means proof. Zhengju. You have no real evidence that it was I who broke the vase. No evidence. Word number nine, mislead. If you mislead somebody, it's a verb, you lead them astray. You lead them in the wrong direction. You cause them to go in the wrong direction. You give someone the wrong idea. In Chinese, we could say wu dao or yao yan huo zhong. Now, a cult leader is a religious leader, and 
he could actually be giving people the wrong ideas because it's not true to the the main religion. It's a cult. It's off to the side. It's a little bit strange. So we could say, the cult leader misled the followers to a bad end. Mislead, past tense, misled. Word number 10 is a phrase, following a certain line of investigation. This means that you're trying to solve a crime by finding evidence, coming up with a theory, and following up on that theory to find more evidence. And on and on it goes. So you keep following wherever the clues are taking you. Yishun mogu diao cha cheng shu. After looking at all the evidence and following a certain line of investigation, I have concluded that it was the butler who did it, in the kitchen, with a lead pipe. Sounds like a game of clue. Word number 11, in due time. In due time is when the time is right. Just like if you borrow a book from the library, there's a day when that book is due and you have to take it back and the time is right to take it back. So it's kind of related, but in due time means when the time is right. I'll get around to it. Not now, later. Sure, Be patient. The truth will come out in due time. In due time. We're on to Act 2, Scene 3 now. Word number 12 is restless. Restless. This is an adjective. If you are feeling restless, you're unable to settle down. You're worried or anxious about something. Jiao zao bu an, or zuo wo bu an. Sit still and wait for the fish to bite. They won't come here if you're too restless moving around. Restless. Word number 13, homicide. Homicide. Homicide basically means the same as murder, but in British English, it just means it's an investigation of a case where somebody died, and it might be murder, and it might be an accident. So in American usage, a homicide is a murder. It's more formal, so when the police talk about uh, their investigation, they'll call it a homicide. Ming An. For example, the man was killed at 11 p.m., and I phoned 911 when I heard the scream. But the homicide investigators didn't show up until three hours later. Homicide. So it is a noun, 
but it can, of course, be used as a modifier, like an adjective. Word number 14, glamour. Glamour. You may know the word glamorous. Someone who's very beautiful, a beautiful woman, could be called glamorous. Maybe she's a movie star. Um, glamour is an exciting, romantic attractiveness. A fascinating attraction. Glamour. Mei Li in Chinese. There's no glamour in cleaning toilets, but someone has to do it. Glamour. Word number 15, domestic. Domestic has to do with the home. So doing household chores and crafts, making things for your family. Gu jia shi huan zuo jia shi, or zhao gu jia ting. Domestic. So some women are more domestic than others, and they like to cook. And other women go to work all day, and they come home, and they say, Oh, I'm too tired to cook. Hmm? And they're not as domestic. So domestic. It's hard to find good domestic help that will also clean windows. Domestic. Someone who works in your home. Word number 16, white collar. If you are a white collar worker, that means you work in an office. You have an office job. White collar is an adjective uh, followed by a noun, so a white collar worker. The top of your shirt around your neck is your collar. So if you work in an office, especially if you're a man, it's very likely that you wear a white shirt. So white collar has to do with office jobs, and blue collar has to do with um, more like factory jobs, because quite often for those kind of jobs, you have to wear a uniform, and quite often the uniform is blue. So we have blue collar jobs and white collar jobs factory-type jobs, and office jobs. White-collar in Chinese is bailing, or shangbanzu. Working in a bank is such a white-collar job. White-collar. Number 17, accountant. An accountant is the person who keeps the financial records of a business. Kwai Ji, or Kwai Ji Shi. My uncle, the accountant, recommends we make a budget. My uncle, the accountant, he says we should plan what we're going to spend our money on so that we don't spend too much. We should make a budget. Word number 18, inflation. Inflation is a noun, and it's the situation where the cost of everything is going up, up, up. A continual increase in the price of goods 
and services. The cost of food has increased, but my wages haven't. I hate inflation. Inflation. Well, that's it for all 18 of our new words, and that means it's now time to listen. So we're going to listen to Act 2, Scenes 1, 2, and 3. So, Scene 1, Ralph is with his fiancée, Sylvia. Let's go. call it the idée fixe, the fixed idea, the obsession. And it can be anything, a thought, an impression, a theory, even a prejudice. But once it takes root in the fertile soil of the imagination, it can never really be pulled out. Mr. Ralph Westfield is up against a problem of this nature. What did you just ask me? You heard me well. Did you kill her? How could you ask me a question like that? Why would I kill her? Well, because maybe she was getting tired of you. What are you talking about? I never even knew her. The one and only time I ever saw her, she was dead. Is that true, Ralph? What do you mean, is it true? When would I ever have a chance to see her? All day? I'm at work? In the evening? I'm generally with you. At night, she's working. So when would I see her? Six o'clock in the morning, in the park. I told you, I never saw the girl in my life. Inspector, you've got to give us something for the evening news. I don't have a thing. We're checking out Miss Joris's past. Well, how about this fellow Ralph West? Yes? Is he a suspect? At this time, we have no definite evidence. Well, that's not the same as saying yes or no. I don't want to mislead anybody. Well, what's the department doing? At this time, the department is following a certain line of investigation. Now, if you'll all excuse me. What was she doing out in the park alone at that hour? That question will be answered in due time. Miss Joyce's companion, Miss Evans. Uh, yes, Inspector. I was her manager. Now, let's see. I know I've asked you a lot of questions. Yes, Inspector. But I have to place her out there around 6 o'clock in the morning in the park. Now, how can you help me? Well, she'd been very restless lately. Trouble sleeping. Sometimes she'd come to my room and talk to me. This would be 4 or 5 in the morning. Sometimes she wouldn't. Sometimes she'd go out. Where? I don't know. I'd hear her return about seven or so in the morning. And I'd say, where have you been? And she'd say, out, driving around. And she wouldn't tell you where? No. You said she was restless. Would you know why? Well, it could be a sign that her love life was in trouble. Can you tell me about that? I don't know very much about that myself. Miss Evans, I'm working on a homicide here. Well, it's the truth, Inspector. Dozens of men were in love with her, but... She had problems. Yeah, what kind? Oh, finding someone who could be serious about her. Whom she could relate to. That's why she never went out with men in show business. It would all be too public. So, who did she go out with? Men she would meet here and there. I think underneath all that 
high-powered glamour, she was a very domestic little girl. She liked men who were average every day. Middle-class, white-collar types. Teachers, accountants. Accountants? Something like that. She must have been very deeply involved with one. Because I had to talk to her about something very important. She just never had the time to sit down with me. What was so important? Her investments. Yeah? With this inflation, she should be doing something with her money. But she would keep saying, no, don't worry about it. It'll be taken care of very soon. Do you know what she meant by that? No. No, Inspector. Well, thank you very much, Miss Evans. And now it's time for the walkthrough. In Act 2, Scene 1, the scene opens with a comment from the host. When people get an idea in their head, it's almost impossible to get them to change their thinking. Have you noticed that? This is a fixed idea, a set, unchanging idea, eating guanyin. And it could be an obsession. It becomes an obsession, that's for sure. They can't stop thinking about it. Jiao Mi. Their ability to think clearly becomes clouded with this idea. Gui Mi Xin Chao. It can be anything. It could be a thought. It could be just an impression, something that's not even a clear idea not even a clear memory of something, just an impression, yin xiang. It could be a theory. They've thought it through, and they think they know what happened. This is Taman de Li Lun. Or even a prejudice. They've formed an opinion without having enough information first. So that opinion is called a prejudice. Jin. This idea takes root. That's how it becomes fixed. It just starts to grow and it puts its roots down into the fertile soil of the imagination. It tickles the fertile soil of the imagination. So it gets established, jagun, and it tickles or it tempts the imagination, it stirs up some curiosity so that you want to think about it. Yoshi or Yindo to tickle your imagination and your mind is compared to fertile soil. It's a place where ideas can grow just like fertile soil is a place where plants can grow. Fertile soil, Wurong. After the host's comment, we get back to Ralph and Sylvia's rather heated discussion. Sylvia insists on hearing Ralph say it's say it directly to her himself in person. No, I didn't kill her, Sylvia. She wants to hear it right from the horse's mouth. She wants it to be Ralph who tells her this. You know, sometimes when someone tells you something in person and you get to see the expression on their face and hear their voice, 
You can tell if they're telling the truth or not. Well, that's what Sylvia wanted. Ralph, however, doesn't even think Sylvia should have to ask this question, so he feels offended. She knows him well. I mean, they're about to get married, for goodness sakes. She should trust him more than that. He asks Sylvia to think logically and see that he has had no time to have an affair on her. If he's not working, he's with her. He's with Sylvia. Sylvia counters his argument. She disagrees, and she says that there is a possible time slot that you could have been seeing another woman. How about at 6 a.m. in the park? Poor Ralph and Sylvia, that didn't get resolved. We move on to another scene. We're back with the inspector in his office at the police station, and some reporters have come to get more information on this case. They want to put it in the evening news. They want to hear the inspector call Ralph a suspect. He would need more evidence, more proof, before he calls him a suspect, though. He says, What did Zheng go? Well, the inspector didn't say yes or no, so the reporter is ready to run with this. He's ready to report it. He knows from this that Ralph is indeed a person of interest in the case. Not quite a suspect, but the police are willing to consider the possibility. Inspector Dorset says he doesn't want to mislead anyone. He doesn't want to give someone the wrong idea. Wu Dao. So he's willing to let the reporter know Ralph is a possible suspect. The reporter pushes for more details. If Ralph is being considered, what exactly are the police doing? He would love to report that Ralph is, you know, under 24-hour surveillance. The police are watching him 24 hours a day. Or that the police are interviewing his co-workers about him. Something like that. But Inspector Dorset hides the details with a vague answer. He's not trying to be clear. He's trying to be unclear when he says, we're following a certain line of investigation. So we're trying to solve a crime by following the evidence, coming up with a theory, following up on the theory to find more evidence, and round and round we go again. Yi Xun Mo Cha Cheng Shu. In saying that, he hasn't really said anything except I'm doing my job. So the reporter isn't getting anywhere with this. So he tries a new angle. What was Jill Joris doing in the park alone at that time? The inspector just says, later. He says, that question will be answered in due time. When the time is right, you will get the answer to that question, but not now. In due time, sure, sure. The inspector knows 
how reporters love to run with any new detail on a case. They all want to be the first to find out, the first to get the story. We call that getting a scoop on a story, when they beat all the other news stations to it. The inspector shows restraint. He holds back on revealing his thoughts and his guesses. He only tells the reporter what he really knows. That's admirable. I respect him for that. Well, the reporters are finally out of his hair. In scene three, he's talking to Miss Evans. She's Jill Joris's manager, and he's brought her in for questioning. He's trying to figure out what Jill Joris was doing in the park at six o'clock in the morning. Miss Evans tells him that Jill was restless. She had trouble sleeping. She was unable to settle down, worried or anxious about something. Zhao Zhao Bu An. Sometimes she talked to Miss Evans, her manager, at five in the morning, but other times she went out driving around. Miss Evans didn't know where she would go. What was she worried about? The inspector wants to know. Maybe her love life, Miss Evans says, but she can't give any details. The inspector thinks she knows something that she's not telling him, so he reminds her, "I'm working on a homicide here. I'm working on a murder case. You need to cooperate. You need to help me," is what he really means. Woodsai Changshu Jiejue Yiming Mingan. Miss Evans insists that she's not hiding anything. She really doesn't know for sure, but there were many men in her life. She had problems. Sounds interesting. Inspector Dorset follows this line of questioning. Follow-up questions. Apparently, Jill Joris wanted a lasting relationship, one that wasn't too public. Her life was very public. She was in the spotlight, very glamorous. Hun Mei Li. The public were fascinated with her, but she wanted to get away from the public eye. She was very domestic, her manager says. She liked doing things at home. She liked the idea of having a family. And doing things for her family. Gu Jia, she Huan Zuo Jia Shi, Zhao Gu Jia Ting. She was very domestic. She goes on to say she liked to date average guys, ordinary guys, middle class, white collar workers, guys with office jobs. Shang Banzu, like teachers. And accountants. An accountant keeps track of the financial records of a company. Quite jishu. Inspector Dorset 
perks up at the mention of accountants. After all, Ralph is an accountant. Well, at least he works for an accounting firm. Miss Evans is quite sure she must have been seeing an accountant because she wasn't worried about investing her money. She didn't want to talk to her manager about it, so she must have had someone else to talk to about it. The economy was going through inflation. The price of everything was going up, up, up. She should have been investing and making money, but she wasn't concerned. She said it would be taken care of very soon. The idea is planted, but Miss Evans says she knows nothing more. The interview is over. Well, that's it for our walkthrough. Let's listen again to Act 2, Scenes 1, 2, and 3 of You're Better Off Guilty. call it the idée fixe, the fixed idea, the obsession. And it can be anything, a thought, an impression, a theory, even a prejudice. But once it takes root in the fertile soil of the imagination, it can never really be pulled out. Mr. Ralph Westfield is up against a problem of this nature. What did you just ask me? You heard me well. Did you kill her? How could you ask me a question like that? Why would I kill her? Well, because maybe she was getting tired of you. What are you talking about? I never even knew her. The one and only time I ever saw her, she was dead. Is that true, Ralph? What do you mean, is it true? When would I ever have a chance to see her? All day? I'm at work? In the evening? I'm generally with you. At night, she's working. So when would I see her? Six o'clock in the morning, in the park. I told you, I never saw the girl in my life. Inspector, you've got to give us something for the evening news. I don't have a thing. We're checking out Miss Joris's past. Well, how about this fellow Ralph West? Yes? Is he a suspect? At this time, we have no definite evidence. Well, that's not the same as saying yes or no. I don't want to mislead anybody. Well, what's the department doing? At this time, the department is following a certain line of investigation. Now, if you'll all excuse me. What was she doing out in the park alone at that hour? That question will be answered in due time. You were Miss Joris's companion, Miss Evans. Uh, yes, Inspector. I was her manager. Now, let's see. I know I've asked you a lot of questions. Yes, Inspector. But I have to place her out there around 6 o'clock in the morning in the park. Now, how can you help me? Well, she'd been very restless lately. Trouble sleeping. Sometimes she'd come to my room and talk to me. This would be 4 or 5 in the morning. Sometimes she wouldn't. Sometimes she'd go out. Where? I don't know. I'd hear her return about seven or so in the morning. And I'd say, where have you been? And she'd say, out, 
driving around. And she wouldn't tell you where? No. You said she was restless. Would you know why? Well, it could be a sign that her love life was in trouble. Can you tell me about that? I don't know very much about that myself. Miss Evans, I'm working on a homicide here. Well, it's the truth, Inspector. Dozens of men were in love with her, but she had problems. Yeah, what kind? Oh, finding someone who could be serious about her. Whom she could relate to. That's why she never went out with men in show business. It would all be too public. So, who did she go out with? Men she would meet here and there. I think underneath all that high-powered glamour, she was a very domestic little girl. She liked men who were average every day. Middle-class, white-collar types. Teachers, accountants. Accountants? Something like that. She must have been very deeply involved with one. Because I had to talk to her about something very important. She just never had the time to sit down with me. What was so important? Her investments. Yeah? With this inflation, she should be doing something with her money. But she would keep saying, no, don't worry about it. It'll be taken care of very soon. Do you know what she meant by that? No. No, Inspector. Well, thank you very much, Miss Evans. Well, before you go, let's talk. The idea that Ralph just might be the murderer is taking root. The reporter wants to pursue this angle in his story, but the inspector won't go there. However, when the inspector questions Miss Evans, the pieces of the puzzle start to fall in place. Jill Joris had probably been seeing an accountant. Is this good police work, or is the inspector jumping to conclusions? What do you think? Try to use the idiom, put two and two together, in your comment. You can put that comment below my show notes at www.dramaticlistening.com slash dl071, or on my Facebook page at uh, www.facebook.com slash dramatic listening. I hope you're enjoying the story. If you are, please help me share it with your friends. You can use the social icons on my blog, or you could share it from my Facebook page. Help your friends get started now. We're still, uh, we're getting into the middle, but they could get caught up. And remember, the vocabulary for this episode is all posted on Quizlet. So, if you're a Chinese speaker, you could be learning these words with English-Chinese flashcards and games at www.dramaticlistening.com slash Quizlet. If you want the bonus PDF, of the keywords and the transcript of the radio play, you should listen to Dramatic Listening on the Podcast Source app. You can get this app on the Apple App Store, Google Play, the Amazon App Store, and on the Windows App Store. Once you have the app, you can download the bonus PDF and read along. 
And have you listened to Dramatic Listening on Stitcher yet? Stitcher is radio on demand. Stitcher streams the broadcast, which means you do have to stay connected while you listen, but you won't have to waste time downloading files, and you won't have to use up memory on your smartphone. You'll find a link to Stitcher in my show notes at DramaticListening.com. Well, folks, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for joining me again this week. So it's bye for now, but I'll see you again in two weeks.